Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a five-part series I am running on The Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program. I recently completed the study of some works from Shakespeare from the Teaching Company. The Teaching Company is one of the top organizations in the United States which provides first-rate college professors lectures, both in audio and video, on a wide variety of subjects. So, for instance, on Shakespeare, Peter Saccio has Shakespeare, the Word, and the Action. Mark Connor has How to Read and Understand Shakespeare. And then one of my personal favorites, once again, Dr. Peter Saccio, Shakespeare, Comedies, Histories, and Tragedies. If you're a lifelong learner like I am, you will greatly enjoy The Teaching Company. You can check out all of The Teaching Company courses at theteachingcompany.com. The podcast in this series will include How Henry IV, Part 2, Informs Lawyers and Compliance, How Henry V, Part 5, Helps You Understand Utilizing Social Media in a Compliance Program. Through Much Ado About Nothing, we consider how you design a social media program for your compliance program. We use Othello to look at the clash of corporate cultures. And finally, in King Lear, we take a look at my favorite character in all of Shakespeare, the fool, and how PowerPoints can be the death knell for an FCPA corruption investigation. It's a fascinating exploration and way for you to consider a wide variety of compliance topics. This special five-part series of The Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program, is a special bonus presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode 1, Henry IV, Part 2, Lawyers and Compliance. What is the most famous line in Shakespeare about lawyers? That is an easy one because lawyer haters across the globe and lawyer lovers as well know it. First thing we do is kill all the lawyers. It comes from Henry IV, Part Two. Most lawyers understand that by killing all the lawyers, it will create an atmosphere that would allow for tyranny and anarchy. Unfortunately, this clear import is not as widely seen by civilians, i.e. non-lawyers. Well, I think the debate about whether the compliance function should be located in a company's legal department or in a separate compliance function has largely concluded that it should be independent because of the differences in the two disciplines' mandates. Many in a corporate compliance function came from the general counsel's office or have legal training. The lack of law schools providing training in leadership skills has led to a paucity of such proficiencies in my brethren, particularly when they move to the compliance seat. I was therefore intrigued by an article in the MIT Sloan Management Review entitled Leading by the Numbers by Brian Hansen, where he discussed the sometimes difficult transition which financial professionals have to make when moving to a broader leadership role within an organization. I found some of his insights to be useful to the lawyer moving from the corporate legal department or a large law firm into a leadership role in a compliance department. He listed five changes which I have adapted for lawyers moving to compliance. Transition one, from expert to leveraging expertise. Most lawyers feel they are experts in the law, which can be thought of as a technical expertise. Hansen quoted the experience of Colin Pavlich, who said, when I came into a senior leadership role in the first six months, I had to get used to just letting go. You're not in a technical role day to day with a set agenda that you're 
you are a professional manager and need to step away from being an expert to being a leader in strategy, development, and execution. The key is to recognize that leadership does not mean a loss of expertise, but rather an opportunity to leverage skills in a more valued way. Transition two, from apprenticeship to coaching. Most lawyers learn the old-fashioned apprenticeship model where you learn through working with more senior professionals who provide a heavy degree of oversight with their subordinates' work to ensure that mistakes are minimal. That is certainly true in most large law firms. It is also true in many legal assignments are so large that they can be too complex or even too complicated for a junior lawyer to handle on his own, so there's a fair degree of oversight involved by senior practitioners. Clearly, this model can build up technical expertise, but when a lawyer moves into a chief compliance officer role, they take on a broader remit. Delegating, trusting, empowering are all part of the coaching framework, which must be used for lawyers to add value once they move into a CCO role. You can use your technical expertise to help guide you, but you will need to allow your compliance team to grow to become a more effective leader. Transition three, from reporter to translator. Every lawyer worth his or her salt can perform triage on a contract, an acquisition, or you name the legal issue and report his or her findings from the legal perspective. However, as a leader in the compliance function, your analysis must change from simply reporting on legal aspects to a mindset of prevent, detect, and remediate compliance risks before they arise or after they have arisen. Chief executives rarely need a recitation of the FCPA as a law. They want to know what compliance risks are going forward. If the risk is moved into a higher category, can that risk be managed? Your ability as a CCO to create meaning and simplicity around that risk is paramount. Transition four, from the right answer to multiple possibilities. Many lawyers tend to see one right answer for a complicated legal issue. As a CCO, you must navigate complex problems that have multiple plausible answers. In compliance, there's a wide variety of factors that your legal analysis will not take into account. Hansen quoted Paul Sims for the following, you've got to understand your environment and the context in which you're presenting these numbers, the legal analysis, and is it really the right answers? You need to unleash your thinking a bit. Clearly, as risk goes up, the management of that risk will need to increase. As your risk management increases, you will need to find ways of auditing or monitoring that risk, which will aid you in making adjustments that you need going forward. Transition five, from value protector to value creator. This one is probably the biggest challenge for lawyers, particularly those who move from an in-house corporate legal department to the CCO chair. The mandate of the legal department is to protect the company. The mandate of the compliance function is to prevent, detect, and remediate. These are quite different. If lawyers could do compliance, we would not need to have created an entire new profession. Yet moving to a CCO O role also means seeing the world not simply through a legal lens, but through a business lens. For it is in the value created by compliance that will assure its success moving forward. Lawyers must transition their thinking from conservative and risk-averse to how we can get something done in compliance. Moreover, most in-house lawyers have been assigned roles that are essentially legal risk mitigation and stewardship. If a CCO focuses too much on those areas, value creation opportunities will be missed going forward. The ability to think critically is still the gift that most U.S. law schools bestow on their graduates. That ability can serve you well as an in-house lawyer and as a CCO. However, the mandates of the legal department and the compliance department are so different 
that in many ways they are divergent and the transition from one to the other is not always guaranteed to be smooth. Hansen's article gives some finer points that every lawyer should consider when they make the move to the CCO chair. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special episode in my five-part series of The Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program. It is based on a series of lectures that I listen to from the teaching company on various aspects and topics of Shakespeare. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This special series on the Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.